Many people have asked uh, me this question through the years, and uh, in one form or another. And the question normally says, goes something like this. What have you done, and what are the things that you're doing at Grace Community Church and the ministry there? Why is Grace seeing such an explosion in people's lives and transformation in marriages and lives and, and uh, outreach? Um, and, and they want to know what we're doing. They want to know what it is so that somehow they can take whatever that is and implement it into their ministry because it's a noble desire. They, they, wanna, they want more of God and, and, and they want to grow in, in, in their lives with Jesus. And I often say this, I really don't have an answer I, that will sufficiently answer that question. There's not a special formula. There's it, it doesn't make sense. It, other than it's just Jesus. It's, and, and so we rely on him. And why is it, people have asked, why is it that uh, God is, seems to be unleashing his power? And, and so, you know, there's a variety of things you could say. And so they, they want me to give them this formula that, 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 that they could take and do step one, two, three, four, five, and six. As if, if they do all these steps that are man-made that somehow... Uh, it'll happen. And we know in, in this auditorium in the link and around the world that if we pull God away from anything and, and if somehow we can do it all ourselves and he's not part of it, why be part of it? And, and, and so I often say there's a variety of things. And to help a church that was 17 years ago, 60 some people on a Sunday morning, and, and some of you are familiar with some of you aren't, when, when, when God brought us together as 64 people in Clinton Street, when my kids became part of the children's ministry, they doubled it too. I mean, made it four. It was, and truly, it's a, it's a work of God because men and women love Jesus and they turn to him. But I do believe this with all of my heart. And as I, as I unfold the story today of Asia's hope, and as I unfold the story of these homes in Thailand and Cambodia, I think it's important that you know the story because I don't know where you stepped in. And if somehow you stepped in within the last three years, you don't know the story and you don't understand maybe why we love these kids so much and why we send teams. And so I think it's important to know the story. But I believe with this all in my heart that God unloads his resources on ministries and churches when you care for orphans. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that scripture is loaded with uh, references that, that refer to that, that if you care for orphans, that it gains the attention of God. And he says, if you're going to care for my kids who need rescue, then I'm going to resource you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to help you care for them. So how did Asia's hope begin? The national ministry that we're connected with that has uh, doing amazing work in Cambodia and Thailand. How did it begin and how did we get connected about four years ago, a little over four years ago, on a cold Sunday morning in February, we were beginning a brand new series of messages called Raise the Bar. That was our theme for the year. Uncommon is our theme this year. And so we were giving a, a series of messages, and in the midst of these messages was one message that was titled Get Global. And I can remember thinking through that and, and thinking, okay, we need to get global. We're doing a great job um, uh, here and locally, but how can we get global? How can we do a better job? We were, we had, we're supporting missionaries all around the world, but how can we take us to be part of what God's doing in this world? And so I ran across a verse that, 
that is very familiar. And I want you to turn there and open your Bibles to James chapter 1 in verse 27. Just grab your Bibles and turn to James. And if you need a Bible, hold your hands up. Ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. Ran across this verse, James chapter 1 and verse 27. That really filleted me, my heart open. That really just kind of just challenged me and convicted me. Not that I hadn't read it many times before, but because I was prepping for this message and prepping for us as a church, this message and this that I was about to speak was founded upon the foundation of this verse and it looked different and it shaped me. Stand with me, we're going to read James 1 in verse 27. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let's just read that again. Ready, read. Religion that God or Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You may have a seat. So when I read that verse, it really challenged me because... I want to live out my life and I want you to live out your life in such a way that it's pure and faultless as best as possible. And Jesus said through James, he said, those that care for orphans and widows in distress are living out their faith in a pure and faultless way. You know, we can often see that also keep yourself being polluted from the world. We understand that. In other words, run from sin. Don't have sexual morality. Don't look at pornography. Don't cheat on your wife or husband. Don't pollute your mind with evil actions. And so we understand that. But what does it mean for us in the the, the modern day to care for orphans and widows in distress? How does, and what does that look like? And so I remember just being convicted by that. And so God took me on this journey and I began reading a whole bunch of verses in the Bible that had a lot to do with caring for orphans and widows and caring for the poor. And so I went on this journey of, looking up verses, tons of verses about caring for the impoverished, the underprivileged in the world. And listen to some of these verses that God took me to in this journey. In Deuteronomy 15, 11, it says this, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and needy in your land. And then I went to Proverbs 14, 31. It says, he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. All these connections that if you love the impoverished, if you care for orphans, if you help the poor, it honors God. And then I read in Proverbs nineteen seventeen, it says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. If you care for the poor and kind to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And it says, and he will reward him for what he has done. Proverbs 22, 9 says, a generous man will himself be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. Proverbs twenty two sixteen: he who oppresses the poor to increase his wealth and he who gives gifts to the rich both come to poverty. So if we oppress the poor, if we deny what's taking place, if we shut our eyes and we change the channel and we're not convicted by it, literally it says this, it says that, that he will come to poverty. And then in Proverbs 31, 89, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And so as I'm reading this scripture, my heart was just being shredded and saying, how are we doing this globally? 
And then I read in Job 30, 25, have I not wept for those in trouble? Has my soul grieved for the poor? Or do I just change the channel when I see this kid on the streets or a garbage dump late at night when I'm running through the program saying, oh, there's got to be something on ESPN. Or do I stop and am I grieved by what I see? Or would I just rather fast forward? And so I went on this continual journey of scripture in Jeremiah twenty two sixteen. Says he defended the cause of the poor and needy. And so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? Acts is loaded with passages. And then I saw this in Matthew 25, 14, and I was on my face before God in the context of poor and widows and orphans. And it says this the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So I remember thinking, okay, God, I read all this and I know all this. And you've convicted me. How can we take that as a church and put it into action? And so then I began this journey of reading about all the atrocities in the world. Human sex slavery and kids on garbage dumps that were dying and thrown into the gutter and and so I started to see these, these Asian girls and these African girls that were being attacked. And, and I saw one stat or one story where in, in South Africa that men were heard somehow that, that a cure for AIDS, if they found a baby or they found a virgin child. And, and so they would take four, five, three, two-year-old ones, virgin babies, and they would have sex with them. And they heard that if they had sex with a virgin baby, that somehow they would be cured of AIDS. And so all across the world, there's these atrocities taking place. Girls that were being sold into to, to brothels. And I began to read this seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old Asian girls sold by their mother because she had five kids. And the only way she could care for these kids is, is to sell one of her children and say, I got to sacrifice one so that I can save five questions that moms in our worlds never have to deal with. And my heart was broken when I saw the stats of orphans without parents in our world. And God was saying, we need to do something about it. And I felt led by God to ask you on a Sunday morning in February, four years ago. So God had recalled a conversation, brought to mind the spirit Reminded me of a conversation I had with a man by the name of Dave Atkins. We had crossed paths that year prior to this Sunday morning. And he told me about this work that this place called Asia's Hope in Thailand and Cambodia that was reaching orphans. And I remember having this conversation because my heart wasn't prepped at that moment. And I remember thinking, wow, that's pretty, pretty amazing what you're doing. And it was just, it's a, it was grassroots. This ministry had just started. So I decided that on that, after walking through this message, I'm going to contact him. So it was Saturday night. And so I emailed him and he happened to be in Asia. So it was Sunday morning for him. And I emailed him this email that says something like this. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go before Grace Community Church and I'm going to ask him if they'd be willing to give enough resources and pledge enough to build an orphanage. And so he asked me, you want to go to Cambodia and Thailand? I said, well, for me personally, I, I would like to start in Cambodia. One of my first missions trips 13, 14 years ago was on a motorbike. We ran out through the villages and evangelized. And I had a, God had given me a heart for Southeast Asia. And after I read what Pol Pot had done to the Khmer people, I realized that would be a great place. So 
I said, Dave, I'm going to go. I sent him an email. I said, I'll get back to you. So Sunday morning came. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell the staff to that morning and elders. I just felt led. I just wanted to lay it open and just see what God would do. Hoping, hoping that somehow grace would get it. And hoping that on that morning that somehow God would change your hearts. And God would convict us. And God would prod us. And so I walked out basically saying, okay, God, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm putting my neck on the line. Now you must move. I didn't tell anybody. So I'm preaching through this message and running through some of the stats and statistics. And I hadn't even asked you who were there at that morning. I hadn't even got to the point where I was going to say, will you give? Will you pledge? I mean, you could sense that it was calling for a charge. And you could sense that something was stirring and the spirit of God was working. And as I'm preaching this message, before I even asked, before I even got to a conclusion in my message, people started writing checks and laying them across the stage. In both services, like, people were compelled. They were, they were pricked by the Spirit. And I'm watching this unfold. And it's like, I haven't even asked yet, God. And people were giving. And Gracie's wrote checks and made commitments. And not only did you give enough four years ago to build one orphanage, but by the time the two services, we had two at that time, were done, at the end of those two services, we collected, we counted, and you made pledges. And I even said, now this isn't just one and done. No one, is, as a father or mother, says, you know what, I'm going to care for you and get you through first grade. After first grade, second grade, you're on your own. We're, we're going to care for these kids the rest of their lives until they become adults. And after the services were over, I remember going back and the, there, were, there were elders there and they were tallying up the money. And on that Sunday cold morning, four years ago, you had no idea that this was happening. You gave enough, not only to build one orphanage, but to build two orphanages and to feed 100,000 people in our world. That was awesome. So I emailed Dave Atkins back. This was Sunday afternoon. And in a matter of about two hours, I told him on a Sunday morning, 40 children were rescued from garbage dumps, from human sex slavery, from loneliness and hopelessness. And not only did we build one in Cambodia, I told Dave, we're going to build one in Thailand. I'll never forget getting an email that was full of so much emotion. And if it was a, if it was a voice email, it would have spoken, just screamed. But I remember he, he, re, he responded back and it was, he put praise the Lord and 111 exclamation points. <laughs> we really had no idea how this would impact Grace Community Church on that morning. But I remember Dave Atkins saying this. He said, Jim, you will never come up short in caring for these kids because God's word is clear. You care for the poor. You care for the orphans. He will care for you. And in this community, a few years later, just a couple years later, a year and a half later, we went through one of the darkest downturns in the economy, 20-some percent unemployment rate. Many of you were unemployed. And so I remember thinking during that time, 
wow, God, this is, this, this is challenging. This could be challenging. But knowing that our God is greater, our God is bigger, and our God has promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And during the darkest, lowest time in the history of this community, economically, our giving went up. And you can only say, praise God for that. So we assembled a team, the first team in, to go to Cambodia and Thailand to visit these kids that we had never met before. The first team included Sonia Green and Jeff Candy and Clarissa Slayball, Dana Schmucker, myself and my wife, my son Joshua, and my daughter Hannah, and my son Isaiah. And we met these kids that we had never met before. And they were weeks away from being in the village in, in garbage dumps. And, and we met them and they met us. And we were family. I'll never forget that first encounter. I became a different man, a different father, a different husband, a different pastor. So it didn't stop there. God wanted to reach the masses. And so I was asked to speak at Momentum Youth Conference that summer. And I went to this college campus that had about 2,000 teenagers. And so I, I, I asked the, the national director in charge of this Momentum Youth Conference, I feel led to just challenge teenagers here to give because this is soft in my heart. And I said, I think that this generation today can, can impact the world. And so I said, I'd love to give a message on, on reaching the orphans similar to the one that I gave on that Sunday morning in February of that same or that previous year. And so I stood before 2,000 teenagers that night in this college campus, and I, I showed them and told them similar things that, that I told Grace Community Church. And I told them, I said, you have a chance right now in this moment, in this room, to literally change the world. And I said, but you're going to have to sacrifice. I said, we want you to give. And so going into this, we had no idea what they would give. And so initially we thought, well, we can help assist and give towards Asia's hope. One of the things we did during that night was we gave an altar response. And on the back of the screens behind me on this college campus was a, a, a calculating turn of money. It showed how much they were given. We had people counting as they gave. And so I gave the extension of the call. I said, you can change the world. You can rescue orphans. And as soon as I asked them to give, kids bowed it. From this auditorium, they ran back to their dorms. They unloaded their purses and unloaded their wallets. Some, some gave all they had and couldn't even eat on the way home. And they gave and they came and they were weeping and they were wailing and they were giving. And we watched this, this ticker of money continue to click. And on that night, in a matter of about one hour, 2,000 teenagers gave almost $90,000. $90,000. And I remember standing on stage just watching this number and just, I felt like I was stepping into the book of Acts and just saying, wow, God just showed up. And we're standing there and we're scrambling in the moment thinking, what are we going to do with all this money? And I remember turning to a few of us who were in charge and I said, well, let's just build a home. And one guy said, okay, let's build a home. Think we should build a home? God wants us to build a home. And I remember going back and telling these teens that because you gave so sacrificially that we're going to build a home. And it's going to be called Momentum for a year. You should have seen this place. It erupted. And since then, one of my friends in ministry, Jason Haymaker, 
at Grace Church in, in Macedonia, Ohio, has now adopted that campus. And that group is flourishing, rescued almost 25 kids, and they're alive and well, and they're all born again now. Incredible. And during that night, there was a gentleman that was in the auditorium. Never met him before. His name was Joe Rod Cherry. And if you're a football fan, he played for the New England Patriots. He was a defensive back. And he had been a member of, of the New England Patriots' two Super Bowl championships. He had two Super Bowl rings. So after I'm finished preaching and we're watching God move, someone said, hey, Jim, there's this guy who wants to talk to you. And this guy came over and I said, hey, he said, hey, my name is Gerard Cherry. And I said, hey, Gerard, how are you doing? He said, I'm telling you, Jim, he said, I'm during this message. God spoke to me and he said, I want to do something for the, what's happening in our world. I just can't sit here. He said, when you said, you just can't sit there, can you? He said, I can't sit there. And so he said, I feel like God wants me to sell one of my Super Bowl rings so that we can build an orphanage. I'd never met this guy before. And so, needless to say, in the next couple months, his ring was put up for auction, and he gave enough money to support an orphanage in Asia. There's an interesting sidebar to that story. A friend of mine who happened to be the pastor of his church, I met with him at a pastor's conference about three weeks later. I had some fun with him because, I, you know, we had some, you know this is just fun. I'm sitting with him. We're eating. I said, you know what, Jason? I said, I preach one message, and I got a Super Bowl ring. He's been at your church for three years, and you got nothing. <laughs> and before he left, I said something along these lines. I said, by the way, I got his cell phone number, too. So, but obviously, God wanted orphanages to be built. It's the best investment Grace Community Church has ever made. One of the things that Pastor Dave Atkins told me regarding Asia's Hope about orphans, he said this, Jim. He said that most of the kids that you were rescued will be 5,000 hugs short of what most kids normally get. It's so true. You get out of the vehicles and you run, they run to you, and all they want is hugged. All they want is their hands held. All they want for you is to splash in the water with them, jump rope with them. All they want from you is to know that you love them. And so as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a mother, as a grandmother, a grandfather, we know how to hug. And so one of the things, our primary responsibility is when we go to Asia is just hug the living daylights out of those kids. We made a promise, and this is the reason we continue to go back. We made a promise that we would always care for them. If you could see what we see when we spend time with them, you could see there's so much joy in their lives as a result of the investment that you make. Why else do we go back? Why do I go back? It's because they call me daddy. They call me daddy Jim. And when I drive back through the, to the homes and I get out of the van... These kids who are now my new kids, my children, my, my sons and daughters scream out, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And if you've ever had a rescued orphan call you Daddy, it changes your life forever. I'll be their defender until my last breath because they're my kids. They will be the next leaders and movers and shakers of Cambodia and Thailand. That's why we go back. Why else do we go back? It's because they need us. We now have two kids in our Cambodian home 
that are now in the university. They go up through seventh grade. And, and as they age, some of these kids had no education. And so they jumped into the school systems. They were a lot older than most kids in the classroom. And so, but now they're learning, they're growing. We have two girls right now in Cambodia that are at the University of Batambang. One studying to be a school teacher. Another wants, wants to be a nurse. And they are Grace Community Kids. We have two young men who are studying specialized skills. One, Marb, is becoming a mechanic. And so he's going to mechanic school. And the house parents recognize that his aptitude is to work on things and to fix things. So he's going and learning to be a diesel mechanic. And so he's going to be fixing all these vehicles. And all these people are going to come to him and he's going to tell them about Jesus. We have another young guy who who is studying IT. And he's literally going to become... The next IT man in Cambodia, saved, redeemed, a light in a dark place. And many more are growing and being educated. And as of this day, 46 children have been rescued by Grace Community Church. And if you could see how much they've changed in four years. Why else do we go? Why do I go back? Because it changes me. It helps me understand adoption. It helps me understand what it means that I've been adopted by Jesus. It helps me understand redemption, that somehow God redeems messes and brokenness. It helps me understand that Jesus loves the little children of the world. Why else do we go back? Because it encourages them. You see, they pray for you. And they have one month or one day each month where they pray for Grace Community Church all through the day. They pray for marriages. They pray for singles. They pray for couples. They pray for us. They pray for the ministry. And if you've ever had the pure prayer of an orphan praying for you, it will make a difference. Even on our latest visit, if you could have seen us dancing in conga lines with Asian rescued children... You would have been embarrassed if you could have seen the simple dedication service for our new building in Thailand, held hands inside of the dining hall and just thank God. If you could have seen them waving goodbye at the airport, there's a glass wall doors that you walk through and we were waiting for Boyd to go through customs and immigrations. It took a little longer because he was carrying a lot of tech equipment. So we were lying 30 feet on this side of the check-ins. They were at the glass with their hands standing nearby, jumping up and down and waving tears in their eyes. And we're just making fools of ourselves waving back. If you could have seen them jumping rope, and swimming in the swimming pool and playing angry birds for the first time on the iPads that we took them there. And if you could have seen what we saw at Grace Community Church got global. So when I see this picture right here in Cambodia that says Grace Community Church, it's a dream come true. So when we pull up to this house, it says Grace Community Church, 20076 County Road 36, Goshen, Indiana. You rescued them. If you could see what we saw when you're driving up and they witness you and experience you for the first time, it changes you. Let me show you through a video what that looks like. Watch this video. 
of us pulling in to Cambodia for the first time.
best investment that we've ever made. It's redeeming Southeast Asia. So where does that leave us today? It leaves us in a variety of places. One, join a team, the next team that goes in. Maybe you haven't been part of the initial drop-in group four years ago, and now you're saying, this is a good thing. You can give monthly, yearly to Asia's Hope. Maybe now you're saying, I need to pray for my kids. You can join in praying for them. And maybe now you stand and defend the cause of the widows and the orphans and have pure and faultless religion. I want to say thank you for each person that's been doing that for the last four years. You are making a profound difference in the world. God, help us today. May we never take for granted how you bless us. And may our children, who happen to be on the other side of the world right now, may you protect, bless, and guide, and use them in ways that only you could to take back this dark country for yourself, God, please. We commit our precious kids to you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.